0: Westside Unscripted, the podcast where pastors loosen their ties, throw away their notes, and answer questions about all things theology and culture. I'm Josh Bartels, a deacon here at Westside, and I'm joined as usual by Pastor Peter Montoro, our preaching pastor here. And we are going to talk a little bit today about a theological slash ecclesiastical question regarding church discipline. But before we do, usually you have uh, things you bring to recommend. So what, what have you been enjoying this week that you've You want to recommend to us?
1: Yeah. So I watched a movie. It's a simple, this is not a very deep movie, but it was a good one. It was a good story. It's called Rescue by Ruby. It's a Netflix movie. Um, I don't subscribe to Netflix normally, but I did just so I could, you know, for just so I could watch this movie because it was recommended. And it's about a Rhode Island state trooper um, who really wants to be a canine uh, handler. Uh, And it's basically his last chance. He's tried for like nine years and hasn't been able to get in. And he ends up teaming up with a rescued dog who was, had been to seven different homes and been returned every time and was supposed to be euthanized that day, like hours before this guy comes by. And uh, he teams up with this rescued dog who's a train wreck. And he's kind of a train wreck, too, in some ways. He's hyperactive and has many quirks and foibles that make uh, his aspirations <laughs> difficult to accomplish um, and they team up uh, and I won't give away the rest of the story but I liked it because it's a it's a simple story it's a true story nice. and even the ending is true like it's the plot twist at the end is really pretty cool uh, and uh, it actually happened um, and it's a little bit of believe in your dreams issue points but that's not always a bad thing and yeah. so if you're looking for something there's nothing you know there's no objectionable content in the movie at all um and so it's, you know, it's a simple story about a man and a dog They have, he, he has a strong marriage. Um, so basically like, you know, they accomplish this by he and his wife working together. Nice. Um, they're welcoming of life, they have, you know, expect, you know, so yeah, there's yeah, just like, yeah. there's like a lot of like mm-hmm. things, there's a lot of things to like, you know, it's not like a really deep film probing all the inner, you know, recesses of the psyche, but basically like a simple story, you know, yeah. here's a, here's a, you know, a challenge, and here are the complications along the way. And mm-hmm. then here's the resolution at the end. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And so Ashley loved it because, you know, she grew up uh, showing dogs, breeding dogs, doing obedience training. Yeah. Um. And so anything about a dog, you know, has a special place in her heart. Cool. Um, less of a dog person, but the overcoming the obstacles was yeah, really to me. So, awesome. so we watched it. And I think if you have, you're looking for a fun, very clean family movie that I, I, if there was anything objectionable, I failed to, I failed to notice it. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's, would, that's good. I think that's good. And
0: We're always looking for something on movie night that's uh falls in that category. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, so if you're looking for, you know, <laughs> lots of shooting and chasing and that sort of thing, this is not the movie <laughs> for you. It's a, it's a simple children's movie, but it's much better than the fare that say Disney is putting out these days and surprising that Netflix did such a wholesome, it's just really yeah. wholesome. Good. You know, that's so it's awesome. not the, not the steak dinner, but like, Really good. Nice. A solid. Fare. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's Doing a lot
1: of reading on getting, uh, as I have been and will be for the next few months uh, for this series I'm doing on uh, the body. So, we're uh, Scott and I are, Scott's working on a graphic so we can have door hangers o- ordered pretty soon. So, cool. Working on. Good. So, what do we got in terms of questions? So,
0: the question, and uh, this was given to me and communicated to me. So, I have a little bit of context. I'm going to just set it up a little bit before I read the actual question that was given. But uh, so in Matthew, the, uh, we have the passage that talks about us having been given the keys of the kingdom. right? And as you have preached and alluded to in the past, the keys of the kingdom says, "Who, who is the confessor and what is the
1: confession? Is that how yeah, 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 they kind yeah, of break right. it?
0: what's the confession yeah. of the faith and who are those who have properly confessed it? Or Right.
1: Yeah, so who are the you know so uh the who and the what of the gospel is how Jonathan Lehman who's done a lot of writing on this he talks about it that way. You know, the, the keys of the kingdom, you know, give those who hold them the right to make judgments about you know yeah. what is the right confession, confession and who is a true confessor? And you gotcha. know so when Peter gives when Jesus gives says Peter I give you the keys of the kingdom and he's giving uh, those to him as the representative of the congregation, because there's, there's a tie-in between the language where it says when two or three are gathered together in my name, where it's talking about when your brother sins against you, that mm-hmm. they are making those judgments about those things that the keys of the kingdom go with. Yeah, um, yeah. So then... Because so then, it's binding and loosing in that. Yes. The so binding and loosing is the language that connects.
0: You've got it. binding and loosing across those 2 mm-hmm. And, uh, every, and the promise that that which you bind on earth is bound in heaven, that which you loose on earth is right. loosed in heaven. So the question is, if we have been given that authority, that what we bind is bound and what we loose is loose, then what happens when the church gets discipline wrong? Uh, if we have the keys and what we bind gets bound and loose gets loosed, if that's a real authority, but then we get it wrong, does that, how, do, how, do we, how do we account for the fact that the, the church can get things wrong and still give ourselves that kind of authority?
1: Well, I think, you know, this is something like I would, I would recommend uh, uh, Lehman's, he's, he he did one on church. discipline. I haven't read that one, but the one we have in the bookstore is Don't Fire Your Church Members, a biblical case for Mm -hmm. congregationalism. And so he talks about it in that he talks about it. One we don't have in the bookstore um, is political church, how the church represents Christ rule or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's not about like, Political. It's 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 about yeah. the the political nature of the church, yeah. Not the political positions of the church, right? Um, it, and he has another one. He has the surprising a, the surprising nature of God, surprising offense of God's love is on church discipline. But I haven't read that one.
0: And then he has another one that is, I think, let the nations rage, which is the layman's copy of political church. Yes. So that's a more I've read that one. That's a more uh, layman friendly.
1: And then the church member, the, the one we, the other one we have in the bookstore is the church membership one. Is it isn't like the layman's version of the, it kind in of in has all, the key all ideas. These, of all
0: it. of these kind of circle around that kind right. of basic idea of who, what is the church and how does it function and just kind of like splinters into different directions in terms yeah, of talking yeah, about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot, you know, he's, it's a lot of overlapping. It's, yeah, it's all basically yeah, yeah. about similar sort of topics. Yeah. But I think, I mean, the key thing is like, I think baptism is a, you know, the fact is sometimes the church gets baptism wrong. So we're supposed to baptize believers. And, you know, baptism is what unite, you know, ideally from a Baptist point of view, which is, you know, we're a Baptist church, I'm a Baptist pastor. Ideally, you know, water baptism is supposed to be the visible sign that unites those who have been, you know, baptized by the Spirit to the body of Christ. So you're only supposed to baptize those um, who have been baptized into the spirit and you're supposed to baptize all of those who have been baptized into the spirit into the body of Christ but we know that it goes wrong both both mm-hmm. sides of that can go wrong um so you know we try to evaluate you know is someone a believer before we would baptize them as best as we can um but the fact is sometimes that we get that wrong um and yet i think we'd be sinning against god if we knowingly baptize someone we didn't believe to be a believer you know, or if we, if we excommunicated someone that, you know, if we excommun- if you excommunicated someone out of personal preference, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fighting with you. I can kick you out. You know, I can convince people to kick you out of the church. I have, you know, maybe ex- uh, exculpating information, you know, that would change the picture that I'm going to withhold, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. you did this thing. And I know that maybe you've repented. I know maybe you've given evidence of being a Christian. I'm going to withhold that information because you've hurt me. Um, And so we're going to, you know, you've you've hurt the pastors or whatever other reason, right? And we're going to put someone out of the church. Um, We're going to exercise the keys and we're going to do so um, knowing that we're doing so incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Um, That, I think that brings the judgment of God. You know, so in those cases then, you know, if you're doing it, you know, so that I think we, we would be judged by God, you know, we would be judged by God if we knowingly did it in contrary to the biblical principle. There are those cases, though, where you sincerely get it wrong, where you believe someone. Mm-hmm. So there are those cases, like, if you let someone in the church who's not a believer because maybe they're going to give a lot of money, and you're like, okay, we know you're actually not a Christian, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to portray yourself to be a Christian, and you're going to help support the church. That, you know, by God's grace, I'm not aware of that ever have happening here, uh, but it does happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially in places where Christianity has cultural prestige uh, and, you know, Someone that you know not to be living in accordance with Christianity. Maybe they're not married. Um, you know, more like things like that. They're, they're living in ways that are incompatible with a, not not someone who's just not married in general, but someone who's right, you know right. living with someone that to whom they're not married. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a big a big area of of compromise. You know, living in such a way that's incompatible with a Christian profession, uh, and then they're allowed in the church anyways because of whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and kicking someone out that you know, you know, have good reason to mm-hmm. believe is a Christian, uh, but, you know, you're withholding, you know, appropriate yeah, evidence. Right. Um, for, so for either side of those, that would be a sin against God. And so I think that would co- cover a, you know, good, you know, in that case, then we'd be out of line, you right. know, so it's like a.
0: Because we're getting it wrong for our own sake. It's not, and it's not something outside of our control, like knowing the condition of the person's heart that we're talking right. to. Or something like that. These are, these are ways we are obviously going against the
1: whole principle of choosing the right confessor and the right confession.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Sorry for being a little, like, got a little bit off track there. But yeah, that's, that's the, exact, the exact thing that I'm saying because it's like, I think it's analogous. We can even see this more clearly with like a father's authority. Mm-hmm. That like there comes a point when a father is so out of control that other people are justified to saying to his children, you are no longer under, you know, this authority has been abused to such an extent that you don't have to regard it. You can ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, feel safe to ignore this. Um, uh, and so, you know, there'd be, so that would be something like, if, if we're doing that, that would be grounds for saying, you're abusing the authority God has given you, you don't have authority anymore mm-hmm. over these people. Um, in that case, like the congregation yeah, yeah. is abusing its authority over its members. Um, and so then those who are, you know, wrongly judged, are, uh, yeah. are in their rights to set that aside and say, I'm going to ignore that because I, I don't believe that they have that. You know, so that the delegated authority is never unlimited authority mm-hmm. and all human authority is delegated from God. Um, and so we're given authority for this purpose. If we're using it for some other purpose, then we're just, we lose our authority to make mm-hmm. judgments at all. Yeah. Um, as a congregation, as pastors, you know, leading a congregation. Right. So then that still leaves the case that, you know, church leaders, churches can sincerely get it wrong. And I think then the Like is
0: anything happening then? Uh, uh, if what we do, if the scriptures say that what we bind is bound, what we loose is loosed, and it falls under the category of we got it wrong, but then it still says that what we bound was bound and loose is loosed, then or is something objectively happening there that we, I think that's kind of the heart of the question. Yeah, is and, like... it's,
1: and it's, it, it's a, it's a... <sighs> you know, I keep coming back to baptism, you know, because scripture speaks objectively like you were baptized, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't clearly distinguish between water baptism and, like, theologically, and sort of parsing everything out, right. we make this yeah. hard and fast distinction between, you know, baptism into the spirit, that's salvation, water right, baptism, right that's a public union with the church. But actually, Scripture merges those two yep. multiple times. I think it's an appropriate distinction to make if we're trying to analyze what Scripture is saying. Right. But the fact is, it's, it's, the language that's used in the text is messy. It's
0: really more of a conceptual uh, distinction than it is a practical one, or it seems to be. Like, right. that, that it's, we're trying to, it's used in order to get at a certain concept about a, a certain theological idea about when, what saves the person or something along those lines. It's not actually trying to parse out and dissect, okay, here's the 72 steps of salvation that you walk through so that, you know, obviously there's not 72, but like, I'm just saying like you, so that we, we clearly want to say, okay, you get baptized by the spirit, then you're baptized by water and then this, and then this, and we want it all in a package. But the original reason we broke those things apart was actually just to get at the heart of what was happening. Not so much to Splinter the whole thing right, exactly. into pieces.
1: You know, but sort of you get that same messiness in language, yeah. like it's the same problem that it really, you know, anything you have something taking place on earth and something taking mm-hmm. place in heaven, the tendency is to, you know, either merge those to where they're identical. So, you know, the the false, you know, Roman Catholic idea of uh, salvation by the work performed. Yeah, that right. everyone who gets the right, right performed is, you know, <laughs> receives whatever the right gives, regardless of any spiritual reality to it or not. Like, you know, so it, to identify our action with God's action, you know, or sort of that, so that's the temptation of say Roman Catholicism, mm-hmm. which is false. We want to avoid that. Right. Uh, then you have sort of like the, the sort of egalitarian, you know, radical, um, radical democracy or I I, I don't know how to label this one, but basically a total separation of God's action from human action. So any, you know, any action that we perform is only, you know, symbolic. It has no significance. So our actions, you know, so baptism, it's just something that helps, you know, the Lord's Supper is just a remembrance. Baptism is just a a step for church membership. So there's Mm -hmm. no spiritual significance to human action at all. Yeah. Um. And church discipline is basically just, you know, a bookkeeping operation on the church. So like there's just an emptying, you know, so either identifying yeah. human action and divine action or totally separating it. God does whatever he wants. Humans do, you know, whatever they're supposed to do uh, and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, passages like bound on earth, bound in heaven are pointing us that that's actually not how scripture works, mm-hmm. that divine action and human action take place. You know, even like salvation, is it, I mean, this would be another thing, like, um, can you finally separate um, the work of the Spirit in, regenerate, in regeneration and the work of faith in calling on the name of the Lord?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you could have these extreme boundary cases where someone is unable, you know, doesn't pray a specific prayer, and yet they, they come to faith through the work of the Spirit not that specific prayer would be an extreme boundary case, but you could have this mm-hmm. where someone's, someone's process of coming to faith looks totally different from what you would expect. And yet there's evidence the spirit of God was at work. Right. And you could yeah. have someone who prayed a prayer seven times, no evidence the spirit of God was at work. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, ideally you'd want, you know, but the, the, the norm is that God is working and man is working at the same time and in the same space, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually separate where the one begins and the other ends. And when you do that, you end up in these extreme, um, you know, so that God works and, you know, not, not that God works and man works to bring about salvation, but that that human response of faith and the divine work of bringing that faith about um, can't really be analyzed as clearly as some would like it to right, be.
0: as something. Right, so obviously so totally salvation different.
1: is all of grace. So I did, you know, just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that salvation is part our work and part God's work. Right. But the actual human reality that manifests God's work um, and the spiritual hidden reality Mm -hmm. (laughs) interpenetrate so that when you place your faith in Christ, you're actually saved. Yeah. You know, on earth as you have been in heaven. Yeah, Um, exactly. You know, and yet Mm -hmm. you can pray the prayer. You can go through the motions without that. And you can't always tell, um, looking at a situation, Mm -hmm. what is taken. You can, you know, you can pray a prayer, you know, a thousand times and not be saved. Um, so ultimately
0: with this kind of thing, then, this is one of those cases where it's a messy middle ground that is really kind of beyond our understanding of exactly what is going on behind the scenes. So to the, so practically for us, to the best of our responsibility, we need to do our due diligence to ensure that it's the proper confession right. and the proper confessor and ensure that we are not enacting that wrongly where we are doing it out of ulterior motives and pushing and exactly. pulling things our way to include only the people we want or exclude the people we don't want. Uh, but then really the question about what happens when we get it wrong is one of those theoretical questions that we just have to trust that God's going to be just and going to sort
1: things out. Yeah. That, yeah, and I think when, yeah. you know, that at some point, like, you... You know, so in the, you know, going back to that parental parental authority, there are some, there are many cases where submitting to even a wrong exercise of parental authority is better than disregarding that authority altogether. That it has to be a pretty, you know, before you're justified in telling someone you can disagree, you know, don't pay any attention Mm -hmm. to your father, um, it has to be a pretty extreme case for that to be justified. You know, so in, in, you know, in in a lot of cases, it's going to be like, and, and, you know, and even if a father's using his authority unwisely or even wrongly, there's still consequences for the children because of that. Like you're still separated from, you know, you're still separated from the church. And, you know, I would say like, we would not take um, someone who had been excommunicated from another church without being confident, not just on their testimony, but going back to that church. Like, so we're gonna respect that. You know, even if we think they may have gotten it wrong, we're gonna go the extra mile. I'm gonna, you know, if someone comes to another church for any reason, I'm gonna call the pastor and find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, churches don't do that. I think that's a problem um, when people can sort of hop churches without having any accountability between, you yeah, know, and, right. and not just like they're going from like you know Catholicism to Christianity or something like that from a false church to a true church, but where they're going from you know one true church to another true church and they're just sort of hopping around without any mutual accountability. Yeah, I think that's a a, a way that. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a formal letter, or you know, even super structured, super you know, structured elaborately. But that there would be that, what, what, what was going on? You know, right. Those same problems that cause people to leave um, will follow them from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and see often that, it
0: seems that the well, it's it's in the same way that like if I was going to uh, ha- as a parent having another kid in my home. I want to, I want to, I want my kids to respect my authority. So I have to respect those kids' authority in the way that I deal with them too. Absolutely. So that then in order to properly value authority in my home and in my place where I have authority, I have to also recognize the authority of other people. So you have your kids into my home. uh, There's watching TV is one of the things, watching some kind of movie or something is something that you wouldn't let your kids do. So I, when your kids are in my home, we don't have movies on because there is going to be a respect of your authority that's outside of my home, but it's not the respect even directly of your authority, as much as it's the respect of parental authority period. Exactly. So that if a church is going to have, wants to have a biblical view of church membership, of authority, of covenant membership, then we also have to respect that same authority in other local bodies and other places, which is why then someone comes, you would want to follow up and do right. due diligence to call
1: and say, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. you know, but if you had someone in your you know a child in your home whose parents had taught them to, you know, punch people in the face, right, yeah. then at some point you would step in and say, um, you need to go back to your family. Yeah, <laughs> like you're you not going to hang out in this house. Yeah. This is, you know, this <laughs> right. is not okay. Right. Yeah. This is not, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, at some point if it was egregious enough, like if they had, you know, taught people to, you know, if they're teaching their children to, you know, steal or something like that, you're going to, yeah. you're going to call their competence to parent into question.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, right. do you
1: really, you know, are you really using the authority God has delegated to you as a parent? If you're right. You know, and of course that, I mean,
0: that whole thing starts to break down in comparison right. to the church, because it's not like you can, you know, okay, well, I'm, I mean, I guess in extreme cases, you can adopt a kid out of a bad situation. Yeah. But like... Well, yeah, I mean, you can. Yeah, like yeah. in extreme cases, like yeah.
1: children are taken away from their parents sometimes for good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so so if someone like, you know, said like, "Hey, I, I was kicked out of the church because, you know, you know, so this is sadly not entirely hypothetical, but hmm. if, you know, a church was excommunicating, uh, you know, so a woman who wore appropriate pants, you know, or would, what I would consider to be appropriate at least, and... Then the church was saying, you know, you wear what the pastor says you're going to wear, or we're going to excommunicate you. Right. Not entirely hypothetical, sadly. Yeah. Then someone who came to me with that story, I still would call the church to confirm: Is this actually what yes. was going right, on? Because right. <laughs> yeah. it is not always what's described. Yeah. You know, but in that case, I would say you've stepped out of line. God hasn't given you the authority to make you know that's for that's for you know preach our modesty absolutely, mm-hmm. but come up with a standard that you're going to enforce on others' homes then, you know, you're stepping on the husband's authority into in, in the home, yeah. you know, you're out of line, um, and we're not, you know, we, you know, God's right. not, you're not, what you're, you're not, you may be gathered together, you know, no, I would say of that assembly, you're no longer gathered together in the name of the Lord, you're gathered together in your own name with, you know, the Lord's name plastered over top of it. Yeah. Yep. You know, you're not respecting the confines of that. Um, right. And so in that case, we would say at that point, well, come, and welcome. come on in. We can adopt much easier yeah. and it doesn't even cost twenty five thousand dollars. Yes, so.
0: Right. We, we don't have to ask the uh, federal government. If, Thankfully, uh, we can do that. We can we can at do least it. Not yet. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> we won't ask the federal yeah, yeah. government regardless. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't know if we. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, uh, more thoughts on uh, church discipline? You can go to Jonathan Lehman's books. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff. The Nine Marks books. Yeah. We have I mean, in that's, I think they've done a
1: lot of really good thinking on it. And, and it's, it's kind of like that. Like, there's a, you know, there ought to be a respect to the congregation's decisions, even when you disagree. Yeah. And it's, it's only when you, you know, it's kind of like with, um, you know, you know a congregation and you know members and elders like the authority of elders isn't absolute or pastor you know the authority of pastors isn't absolute but it is a real authority mm-hmm. um and you're basically saying you're so you know when you say I'm going to ignore you know in areas where pastors are within their you know within the the things that they're supposed to say mm-hmm. biblically right. um you know you, you know you're free to ignore my opinions or the other pastor's opinions but when we're speaking scripture and you say you know and the pastor's job is to teach this is what the scriptures say and this mm-hmm. is how it affects your life and you're like no, I don't think so, I'm going to do my own thing, Yeah. Um, then you better be right. Right. <laughs> you better be right that that's not what, the, you, yeah. you know, like you... And you do have
0: the authority, because you do have the appeal to Scripture to go to. Right. yeah. But because that authority of the elders is a real authority, then you better be very sure that right. you're standing right. on exactly. Scripture, that you actually have yep. a legitimate authority to appeal to, to say... Right. I'm going to count you know it's yours, just yeah.
1: like with it's just you know and that's where I think the analogy to parents is strong that like there are times where you have to obey God rather than man even with your own parents. But if you disobey your parents when they're acting within their rights, then you're not just disobeying your parents you're disobeying God.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And so it's the same thing with pa- it's the same thing with pastors like if you go against them when what they're saying is right from the scriptures then you're going against mm-hmm. the authority that God has put in place and that know, that becomes, or the congregation, the the authority that God's given the congregation to bind it to loose, you don't want to set that aside lightly. It's not like you never get it wrong, but you better check and double check.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Um, absolutely.
1: And so as pastors, that's what we try to do with other congregations, and Mm -hmm. so,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, this this has been a good conversation about church discipline, and I'm sure there will be more questions down the road uh, along these kinds of issues, because, well, that's what this podcast is for, so... If you have questions of your own that you would like to submit to the podcast to get uh, talked about and answered, then you can send those to me at josh at bibledirectionforlife.com. As Pastor Peter has mentioned a couple episodes ago, you can also leave those if you want uh, to leave an anonymous question, you can leave those in the offering box at the back of the church building. Uh, And we will take a look at that and take that into consideration. Uh, But uh, until next time, this has been Westside Unscripted, and we will be, God willing, back with you next week Uh, for more talk about theology and culture right here.